One of the most like poignant moments for me was when a woman reached out to me and said, I played your album, the entire album, during my mom's transition when she was dying. And, oh. and it helped her to just let go and to move on and, and to leave. And I was like, that's the biggest honoring that I think I could ever have. Welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer. In this episode, I am speaking with Rachel McGarry, who is a Canadian devotional chant artist and a certified yoga teacher, also the owner of Sanctuary.is, based in London, Ontario. Her debut album was Songs for Shavasana, and she is about to release her second album entitled She Rises, which is honoring the divine feminine within each of us, the many faces of the goddess and of Mother Earth. So we're going to talk about many topics, but specifically chant and mantras and their effect. And yeah, let's get into it. Here we go. All right. Well, hello, Rachel. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. For, where are you actually in the world? I'm in London, Ontario, Canada. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. What's that like right now? Is that like it, springing or is it an eternal winter? What? No, it is <laughs> here, but no, we've got, you know, 20, 28 degree weather today. It's, it's, oh, it's nice. sunny summer here now. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have beautiful weather for the next few months. And then we go into a lot of winter. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like the snows where like it creates walls that you can't see over or? No, no. Okay. I, I moved from Toronto to here a few years ago and I everyone said you're moving into the snow belt you're gonna you're gonna you're not gonna survive after Toronto winters and it's like I brought the mild winters I think because now it's like we don't get that I haven't had that since I've been here but up in northern Ontario for sure there's the walls of snow that you have to kind of navigate around which is kind of neat it feels like a maze of snow yeah <laughs> when they shovel it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I used to live in Rhode Island so I remember that but um we get kind of a disappointing amount of snow here in Seattle. Okay. It's like, yeah, I'm, we're always rooting for more, but yeah, that's that's not a popular opinion, but that's, that's kind of where I'm on. It's mostly rainy though, right? It is, but in a funny way, like it doesn't pour. It's just kind of a light drizzle, not even, not all the time, but sometimes, yeah. Mm. Florida gets more rain. Okay. <laughs> So you've just released a, a beautiful new single with uh, Brenda McMorrow called oh The Path God. to Freedom. Do you want to chat about that? Oh my gosh, yeah. It starts with some like uh, invitations to release and to, yeah, I would love to know where that yeah. came from. Yeah, well, it was written during that time <laughs> where the world shut down. <laughs> And a lot of feelings around, a lot of agitation, a lot of grief, a lot of um, anger, resentment, all of this stuff coming up. And like, how do we deal? How do I deal with these kind of feelings as they arise? And it was, um, it surfaced during that time around, okay, I had to really lean into my yoga practice. I'm a yoga teacher as well as a um, bhakti artist. And I, I leaned hard on my practice to get me through those times. And it was the breath coming back to the breath over and over again as a tool for transformation, as a tool to move through all of the difficult feelings, you know, that we can feel at any time, you know, as part of the human experience. But um, it was that that inspired um, this and this call, like I've always been drawn to the goddess. And for me, 
um, like this is from a new album called She Rises and it's coming out soon. And it, all of the songs are in honor of the goddess. And in this one, it was like, who walks with me through those dark times? Who walks with me through the shadow? Who is the one that can hold me in that time? And that's Kali. That is like the dark mother who can walk with us during those times where we're feeling like mm, it's all too much. And we want, we want to change. We want to transform things. We want to shift. Um, but we need that. We need that bolstering of protection and support. And so I call to her. So this song is a calling um, to surrender, to surrender all of that through the breath, knowing that we're held and we're supported by the divine feminine. But it's that call to to open, to open ourselves and let it go, mm. you know, and it's that breath that can soothe us, that can calm us. So the first half of the song is really, like you say, that call to, to all of the things, like experiencing all of the things and sitting with all of the things and breathing through them. And then the last half of the song is that big switch up where it's like this, this really long inhale and exhale breath practice, actually with the music, I'm inviting people to come and join in the breath with me. Mm. Yeah, that's a really interesting way to conceive of a song. Mm. Maybe you didn't think of it that way, but it I, did you? No, 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 it was it was done. And then I was like, I was like, the breath feels really great. I think it was like, breathe, 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 like, and then there'd be like these little runs in between. And I'm like, that's the inhale. And that's the exhale. And I started timing it. And I realized, it's eight breaths per second, eight breaths per minute. And I'm like, mm. it's like the magic number of breaths. Right? And so it kind of came organically well, or inspired. Um, and it just works in that way as a breath practice. I didn't, yeah, I didn't sit down and say, I'm going to write a song that's going to inspire people to breathe. Like, yeah. It, it just <laughs> turned out that way. Yeah. Yeah. But to have like a piece of music that maybe this is the wrong word, but that kind of tricks the listener into joining a breath practice, <laughs> you know, is actually kind of revolutionary. I've never heard of that before. Cause usually it's like, all right, everyone, you're going to sit down and close your eyes. You know, it's not a song. Right. Yeah. Right. I never thought of it that way. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> not really true. It's a, I call it an invitation, but it could be tricking, right? You're listening to it, all of a sudden you realize you're like, <laughs> well not in a bad way sort of like in a sneaking kale into your kid's smoothie kind of way I guess <laughs> I love it yeah I'll talk about it like that like sneaking kale into your kids <laughs> yeah that's wonderful so I when does the oh go ahead no no that's just an exciting piece of work that I'm that I'm enjoying and that I'm I'm in right now the energy of that right now so it's a it's a very exciting moment yeah when yeah. does the full album come out? Uh, July 24th. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So are you releasing another single before that or? That's the plan. I had planned to release one. And then this one said to me, like the song being of the song said, because the first single was As You Do, which is this calling to the Divine Mother, like teach me to love me as you do. Like it's this. Song. Oh, that's the one you sent me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the that first, was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that was really beautiful. 
And then um, from there, this song was like, I was listening in editing mode and this song said, how come I'm not getting the same treatment as that song? And I was like, okay, so you're going to be released as a single. So it's like the song beings are telling me what they want. And, and so that was going to be it. And then there was going to be the album release, but there's one more that's coming that will be, that will be released and it's a lullaby and it's okay. so often so sweet. It's called little one. Mm -hmm. Aww. That's really sweet that you mentioned that because I was just so before um, the the episode before this one is going to be the one with Ashana and she talks about how we we can have a relationship with everything like with the pen with the you know with the song I think the first person I ever heard of have talk about a song as if it was a being <laughs> was Tori Amos I remember her talking oh. about like, well, this one just didn't want to be on any of the records. I remember her saying that on one of the, like the, the B-side albums that I have of hers. Um, it's, a, it's a very sweet way to think of your creations mm -hmm. as, you know, beings, like, yeah. yeah. Entities with their own kind of life. And it's just, I'm in service of them. When I, when I approach it in that way, it's right. Like this song, I, I don't say that oh, I sat down and I wrote this. I didn't. I sat down and I just made myself an open channel to whatever came, right? And and because I caught it, it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'll keep working with this. But yeah, it's it's showing up in this really soft, loose kind of way and allowing it to come. And so then it's like honoring that, the spirit that came and it's like, okay, so what do you need next? And, you know, in the first month that the first single was released, it'd be every day that kind of like, okay, what do you need? What do you need? What support do you need to fly? What do you need to grow? Like, what do you need today? Like, sometimes it was just like a little bit of love. And sometimes it was call this person and send me to them. And it's like, okay. <laughs> so it was really I love exciting. this perspective. That's really beautiful. Have you always felt that way about your songs? Um, I don't know that I did with the first album. I, that was like four years, almost four years ago now. And I, I think it's been something that has grown with the creation of this one. Like I've always felt connected to the songs, but I didn't actually speak to them and wait for them to listen. Mm. I just decide what was best and <laughs> I would move mm. on. But now it's like just pausing and like waiting to be told. And I, with this album, I really approached it very differently because it's in honor of the divine feminine. She rises. I, I wanted every aspect of the creation of it, the release of it, the marketing of it, everything to be done in the most feminine way possible, mm -hmm. which means I'm not pushing and striving and like to do is tech, tick, check, check, check. It's more like opening, meditating. Okay, what do you need? Okay, mm -hmm. what's needed today? Guide me, tell me, show me. And it's it's been delayed many times because this process takes longer than a checklist, right? But I feel like it's more congruent with what the album is about and in that I'm I'm consciously honoring the aspect of the receptive feminine by waiting to be told mm. um, instead of pushing and striving which is more my and of course there are some of course I have some task lists that need to be done like get your banner up before the single comes out you know? <laughs> but but for me it's this conscious decision to try as much as I can to to sink into that and just trust and just trust the feminine is going to lead the you know, I'm, she's walking with me. Through mm. this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, I'm having some, I'm having like a deep epiphany right, right now. It's really, 
I've never considered, and I'm wondering whether the journey that I'm on right now is sort of guiding me to this understanding too, that may be open to what you just said, because I've been trying a new thing out in my songwriting where I'm having people send me information about them. And then I'm literally like waiting to see what comes and I'll write a song. I mean, like a, I will, a way of telling their story in a healing way, like, you know, like writing something uplifting for them um, comes and I write it and then I share it. And so it's still, you know, it came through me, but it's like in honor of them, which is a very different approach for me. So that idea of like having a relationship to the song had honestly never occurred to me. Thank you so much for that. That's really, that's really beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I'm glad (laughs) that is something to think about. Yeah, it really is. I hope that it, I hope that it sort of, I don't, I, I feel like that could be an approach that people could take about anything that they create, honestly. Yeah. 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 I feel like that in, in life, it's like, okay, it's an experiment here and let's expand it and let's see. Right. And I think even with my business, it's waiting, like my business is a being, like I talked to my business is called sanctuary and it's just like, that's my being. It it has its own entity. And I, you know, need to tap in every once in a while and be like, okay, what do you need? That's funny. In our our language, we actually talk about the business entity, Mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah really interesting even people who don't you know think of it as an actual being will say yeah. entity yeah yeah <laughs> that's great that's a funny sort of light side of the shadow when you consider like the how the corporation has become a, a being and i don't know if it's the same thing in canada but in the united states it's it's treated as if it is a human and in some parts of the law as i understand it and which which can have some pretty dark kind of um outcomes but from that perspective it's like wow you know Mm -hmm. uh, that's really yeah yeah I think it's all friends that we that we put on things right so if we're looking at it as like my business is a is is a force for good in the world Mm -hmm. like I'm here to serve I'm here I'm also a yoga teacher and so that and I combine a lot of my music and my yoga offerings and so that's kind of my signature of what I do and, and contribute to the world and it's all in that lens of being of service right and so I think that you know spiritual entrepreneurship is is a thing and there's a whole bunch of us that are just you know you know leading or following just you know just behind the the first people that have really stepped in and said no this is a this is a a beautiful business and a beautiful offering and a beautiful way to earn a living serving Mm -hmm. us in this way you know just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean that it's not possible Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how did you connect with Brenda McMorrow? Have you known her for a long time? Man, and I, we didn't mention, but she, or maybe we did, but she is singing on this first okay. single on the path to freedom. She's a beautiful featured artist on it. And we met, oh, probably 10 years ago now, but I, um, yeah, met through a friend who said, you need to do this Bhakti Heartfire Kirtan Academy. And I was like, which Brenda leads. And I was like, okay, so, cause I love, I love mantra music and I was just starting to really dive deep into it. And I've always been singing my entire life. So I was like, oh, so I go and I learn how to, you know, chant and learn, you know, different chants and learn how to lead Kirtan. And I was like, okay. 
And so I went and it was the most life altering experience I've ever had in terms of my spirituality, in terms of this opening six days of chanting, like pretty much like we were there seven in the morning till nine at night, like every day, like full, full on, um, like does something to you. Right. <laughs> so we, so it was a beautiful, just heart opening experience for me. And so, um, I kept going back every year as an assistant for her, helping her and supporting her. And she's been a mentor to me ever since. And so um, in the last year with this album, we got into a more formal mentorship um, with her and I. So she's been guiding me through uh, through the making of this and, and the marketing aspect of it. And um, oh. yeah, it has been really, really a beautiful source of support and love through this whole process. So I feel really blessed to have her yeah, yeah, in my corner and on my team and in my in my world for sure. Is that something that she does for other people or is that kind of just a special connection that you have with her? No, she she does offer some mentorship support for others. I know that she's worked with another artist and sometimes people come to her for short short things, not necessarily like she's been with me for over a year in this process for the album because it's taken a long time, but but yeah, yeah, she does do mentor mentoring and and it could be short term or long term yeah okay oh, interesting yeah, I didn't know that that was part of her I don't thing. know I don't know this year she's gonna be able to I don't know if you've seen her <laughs> schedule this summer no. <laughs> all over the world oh like, oh I have yes I have actually yeah. yeah so she's not um yeah so I don't know if she's taking on any new any new mentees right. uh, but she certainly was a mentor to many of us who were in her programs there's other people like me that have been with her and gone on to write their own music and release mm -hmm. music in the world because of their start with her her mm -hmm. program her kirtan academy so it's been lovely to see other other you know bhakti heart fire grads you know out in the world do like continuing this this love that we have for for bhakti for chanting i'm so curious when you mentioned the like 7 a.m to 9 p.m chanting schedule is this like a monotone like one mantra a day like japa mala like like or, or is it sing, like more sing-songy like what what does that look like uh, yeah the hours might be a little exaggerated because we do do a, a an asana practice in the morning so we get in we do a meditation asana practice and then we'll probably from I don't know, 10 to six, and then we have a break for dinner and then we'll come back for a night, a night time thing. So it, it changed year by year, depending on, you know, whether we're in and out of COVID online, offline, wherever we were. Um, but uh, we would learn, this was beautiful. It wasn't just, uh, you know, one mantra. We learned many mantras and, and, but we also learned about the different deities and who we were chanting to and why and what they represented in their stories and the mythology. We learned about the history of bhakti. We learned, like, we di we divided into bands and started writing songs together and then presenting them. And, like, we, it yeah, it was a lot of singing, but also a lot of study, mm. a lot of study and a lot of meditation, um, too. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's a beautiful, the, the way that she structured the course is beautiful. I mean, she's a, a, an educator in terms of her background. And so yeah, I remember that. it was a very... Um, yeah, just well facilitated, well planned, well structured program. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that you'll ever do something like that? I offer a personal mantra practice for beginners course, um, which I have done in person and online. Um, I'm I'm wanting to my next step with that is I want to offer it for yoga teachers because mm. I think that they. Uh, there's definite interest and alignment and um so yeah so I think that's the next place I'm going to be looking to to offer it mm. yeah 
Yeah. It's funny. I, I came from like, you know, Kundalini, whatever, and none of the teachers would play anything but mantra music. I mean, it was in, in class and I'm, I'm going to, and I'm pretty sure the first studio that I went to, no, they played some, no, yeah, they didn't play very much mantra music anyway, but I, I go to a vinyasa um, studio now. I don't know if they'd call themselves that, but it's a studio. They do Hatha yoga. Um, and they play nothing but pop music. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's so weird. It, it's really, it, it, I wouldn't say it bothers me at all, but it's, it's, I'm like, oh, wow. They don't, you know, like that, this part of the practice isn't even in their consciousness. It seems like, yeah. you know, yeah. and then when somebody does play mantra and I'll like, it's happened twice, I'll go up to them and be like, oh, do you like Sonatum or, you know, whatever they played? And they'll be like, who, you know, so it, it's just sort of an accident. <laughs> it was a playlist shuffle. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I love to see the, the, you know, the real consciousness around yoga, yoga classes. I'm teaching at a studio here now that's called and asana. So it's all the aspects of yoga and asana. Mm -hmm. So it's growing to be a beautiful they, of course they have hot yoga and they do they do all the things but they have a beautiful meditation studio that they've built there and starting to bring in a little bit more of the full more fullness of yoga and I, I lead kirtan there and so yeah it's 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 a beautiful a beautiful thing to see happening because there's a lot of people that come like their first introduction is is for fitness right and many, many yeah, yeah. there that it's still that yeah pop music let's let's work out and do stretching right yeah <laughs> I, I had a teacher I, used to call it stretching in sanskrit <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> but you know, so it's nice to see that more and more people are embracing like a, a bigger a bigger you know mm, i don't know viewpoint or perspective of of, of what yoga really is mm, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a spiritual practice, everybody. <laughs> you know? And you you did an entire album dedicated to Shavasana. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I want to say Savasana because I've heard people say that too, but it just feels weird. I don't, do you? Shavasana, I say do you Shavasana. Say Shav yeah, I, I don't know. It, I know there's no H there, but <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of debate about the sh versus sh sounds, I know, but... Um, but yeah, you you did an entire album dedicated to Shavasana, um, uh, which is another thing that is actually kind of missing in, in the yoga practice that I do now. It's like a three to five minute thing, if it even exists at all, you know. Um, it's such an important part. It, I mean, why did you decide to, to dedicate an entire album to it? I'm curious. I am a restorative yoga teacher at heart. I believe that rest is medicine. So for me, these are all the, like I lullaby my students with my voice. Like I, like I mentioned, I sing, this is part of what I do is I sing to my students. So usually, you know, we'll do some sort of breath and um, grounding and a little bit of gentle warm up in the body. And then it's like sinking into these restorative poses that we hold for five to 10 minutes where mm -hmm. they can actually rest because so many people come in spinning, right? Or their bodies are so t rigid and tight. So it's mm -hmm. like this healing is so important. I think that's what we need. We don't need CrossFit classes. We don't mm -hmm. need these, these really hard, I mean, maybe some people need that, but I think in order for us to soften and allow and, and relax, we need 
to stop. We need to undo. We need to rest. And, mm -hmm. and I really believe that rest is the medicine for our times. This is what we need. And so that's my whole business is, is focused on that. And this album was all of the songs that I would be writing and singing to my students, all of these lullabies that would be while they were resting in these poses, I'd be singing these, these mm. songs. So it turned into the songs for Shavasana because I really believe obviously in the value of it, of rest as medicine. And I thought, well, these songs support that they're in service of that. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And I know I, I, I've gone to yoga classes and in Shavasana, sometimes they play one of my songs from my album and I'm like, do you know I'm in the room? Like, it was like, it's so great. <laughs> that lovely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. Aw, yeah. That's a nice, that's a nice feeling. The feeling of creating music that becomes useful is really, is yeah. really wonderful. Yeah. Oh. It, it, in it, I mean, music is healing. It has such potential to heal and to touch us on such deep levels. I can't even, I've had songs for Shavasana, the album, one of the most like poignant moments for me was when a woman reached out to me and said, I'm getting goosebumps. Um, she said, I played your album, the entire album during my mom's transition when she was dying and, oh. and it helped her to just, let go and to move on and, and to leave. And I was like, that's the biggest honoring that I think I could ever have, that it would be so important and so useful and used in such a spiritual and beautiful way. Like, yeah. Hmm. What, what more, <laughs> what more, what more can I ask for? Right. Like, yeah. Hmm. yeah. I wonder if that ability to rest is just as you're talking about death i'm just thinking i mean that is called corpse pose true we're ceasing movement maybe thought because the practice has you know tuned us in a little bit more and i wonder if it helps us understand like that we you know that definitely that we are more than the things that we accomplish but that maybe it gives us like a broader view of death in a way that final relaxation I don't know I'd never thought about that before <laughs> it's a working hypothesis <laughs> yeah well I think about like think about the feeling of like when you can really surrender and let go and you're kind of weightless and timeless and you if you can get into that meditative state like what is that would that be mm. what death like mm. like when you're not when you're here but not here really mm. I don't know maybe mm. Mm. Huh. Or you feel more connected to just like the energy that is and maybe the divide between death and life doesn't feel as Ooh, yeah like a making a line symbol with my hand here in case you're listening to the audio <laughs> yeah yeah interesting yeah it's an interesting part of the practice because to my knowledge it doesn't exist does it exist in any others that you can think of? Like, I don't think they take a Shavasana in martial arts or. Um, I, don't I don't know. I don't know anything about martial arts. If you if you were listening and you know, please, please comment, because that, <laughs> that would be interesting to me. But to my knowledge, I've never heard of a Shavasana in any other practice, like an integration part of it. 
Yeah, I don't know. But I do think I agree with you that it is one of the most important aspects of a yoga class is that that integration, that end, that yeah, that that connection and that rest after after yeah. Yeah, because yeah. once we get it all gone, well, that's the whole purpose for us to do the moving part is for the right. resting part, is for the right. meditating part, right? Right. <laughs> so. right, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a lost opportunity. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. is something to be, for, I mean, for me, I really did mess the movement part of it. I stopped doing yoga for a little while and, um, and I was like, wow, I really, I really need to start moving my body again. <laughs> um, but but yeah, that that rest factor I was talking to, I was on another podcast the other day and I, I was saying in, in getting this information from people to write songs for them, mm -hmm. the message I get, which I don't include in the song necessarily because it's just sort of like a, you know, like a message and I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't really belong in the song, but it's like, you need to rest. That's, that's the message I keep getting. You need to rest. You need to rest. Oh. You need to rest. Yeah, it's probably for me too. Um, you know, if I'm yeah. getting it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's just rest is has been undervalued. Like productivity's been valued. You know, accomplishments and success is never measured by you know. I had a nap today. Woo! I'm a huge success, right? <laughs> <laughs> but what would life be like if it was, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you know what I did today? I took such good care of myself. I rested. Yeah. I went to yoga. I did some work, but I ate really well and I loved kids. And I, you know, <laughs> oh, our measure of success could be so different than the metrics. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really a lovely world to think about. Mm -hmm. I think it's Bhutan. I was watching this documentary on happiness. I think it's Bhutan that measures, that has like a happiness quotient. Oh, you know, like we have like a GOP measure. Is it G? No, it's GDP? not GOP. GDP. Thank you. <laughs> we have like a GDP measurement and, you know, all these things, but we don't, we don't quantify or qualify um, happiness. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think that that's, yeah. wow, what a, yeah. Interesting. Um, I wonder how they measure it too. That's, mm -hmm. that's an interesting uh, question I could look up, I guess, but, um, yeah. yeah, I just thought what a beautiful thing for a government to intend, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, there are me metrics around like satisfaction, like in living in certain places, like oh. the, who are, um, living there. I don't know how they measure or what the questions are that they ask them, but they, that's how they rank. Like, the best places to live in the world it's it's also by you know people's happiness like the citizen mm. happiness of living there so i don't know how they measure that but it's interesting that yeah people are yeah. looking at that yeah mm. do you travel a lot for what you do or do you do mostly stuff online and recording and like what's I, your jam i yeah see <laughs> that, i am i'm an introvert so for me um so big festival things are are not easy, not mm. comfortable, not as comfortable for me. I actually, my ideal world would be small groups, small communities, 
that I that I sing with and build and and work with. Um, I do some work online. Um, I'd like to start to do a little bit more in terms of you know um, seeing more. But I would love it if 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 my life were like every day I just got up, wrote music and recorded music and never toured. I'd be okay with that actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's really... my I, that's how I've always felt about, yeah. about music, which is which is funny. Um, I've never heard anybody else express that, but, um, is, is travel itself difficult for you or? Oh, I love to travel. I love, yeah. yeah I love meeting new people. I love being like within the context of an introvert, <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, no, I love to, it's, it's, um, yeah. And, and maybe it's a growth thing for me and maybe things are shifting and changing, but for a long time it was like, oh, I very much like, you know. I was singing with one other woman, um, Karen Austin. From we had a band called Mahadevi, and we would we'd lead kirtan together, and it was just lovely. And for a few years, we did that, and that was beautiful, and that was enough. Just being in local studios and and event, called for events and stuff to play. But um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I'm open, and who knows what the world is going to? <laughs> Justin, who knows what Mama's going to put in front of me? You know, the goddess is always with me telling, like saying, okay, now you're ready for this because this is opening for you. So step, step, step through this. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. So when you've done, um, th- or are you still doing things locally? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Live. Okay, yeah, so. Regular events and stuff. And I'm expanding. I do a two-hour, like, restorative bliss event, which is the restorative yoga with live music and so that's expanding and growing to different studios across southern Ontario so I'm starting to expand that a little bit more and yeah yeah what's the title of that restorative bliss oh that's lovely it's exactly what it is (laughs) I'm in all wound up and I will love you for two hours (laughs) my voice healing instruments and you know touch and and some beautiful restorative yoga and go out completely changed yeah I love it. Do you know who Johan, Johanna Beekman is? No. She's a, an artist um, I've sung with a few times and I've had her on the podcast, but what you're describing reminds me kind of of what she does. She has this yoga she calls lullaby yoga. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to imagine what your class looks like, but I've been to hers and what she does is she just sort of like walks through and just sings. <laughs> she goes, um, she'll do a little bit of guitar in the front. Are, yeah. are you, are, are you kind of like wafting through people or are, are you like in the front sort of, I don't know, are you traveling? I, like, what does that look like? Yeah, I do both. Um, I'll play guitar up front and sing or um, like a shruti or whatever um, and, and that, but, but I will walk through sometimes with a drum and sing or with like, I have chimes and stuff that I play over people. So I will do the sound healing work, like, yeah, weaving uh, amongst all the students. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It feels like such an honor to do it. I just, I just love it. (laughs) So besides your release that's coming out in July, what, what else do you have cooking? Oh, that has been really all encompassing for the last year is that and and teaching a lot locally like the teaching a lot of restorative yoga restorative bliss leading local kirtans um yeah that's mainly what i'm up to right now and my next step as i mentioned earlier was like my bringing my personal mantra practice for beginners course to yoga teachers and i'll probably do it online mm. 
Yeah, because I can do a continuing education um, credits for it, for yoga oh, okay. line. Okay. So I think I'm going to go, since that's the next big project, but I, I have to finish the album <laughs> first. <laughs> As you well know, it takes, it takes quite a lot when you're one person. Yeah. That sounds like a really nice um, offering for pretty much any, anyone who teaches yoga. Yeah. It's, it's mm -hmm. not even, do you have to be like able to sing or like what, no. what do you have criteria for who can join or? Anyone can join because I think that all voices are welcome in in kirtan, like in bhakti and chanting, and in, and and even if you never use it for your in front of your classes, it can be a really beautiful practice. Even if you're just saying Om at the end of class, or even mm -hmm. if if you wanted to bring a japa style mantra in and not even sing and just speak the words with mm -hmm. the students, and just learning a little bit more about the power of mantra and what it can do for us and. Um, as another tool for us of support. Um, yeah. Yeah. Through life, really. When you do this class for the personal mantra, are you giving like a different mantra to different people? How, what, what does no, the class look like? Not that kind, like not like TM or anything. It's, it's, um, Oh, is that what they do in TM? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah everyone personal. Yeah. Personal mantra. Um, I would know it would be more, um, well, the way I've had it set up in the past was I would have, you know, seven week program and every week we would be focusing on a different deity and different mantras associated to learning the mythology and learning, um, the qualities, for example, if we will start with, you know, um, with Ganesha, right. And so we will talk about ease and humility and grace and wisdom and, and, you know the remover of obstacles so moving through challenges or moving around and 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 what you know some of the mythology around him and the um qualities that we can embody when we call on his energy when we call on that um power and that energy so um so every week would be a different um deity and then i'm like the goal is like kind of by the end you resonate you find which one that you resonate with and then embrace like a 40-day practice or or mm -hmm. a longer term kind of commitment to really sink into getting to know that mantra and feeling on a longer term on your own the power of 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 it for you yeah. I'm curious about like a few questions. I'm curious about the 40 day thing though, that you just mentioned, because that's a really big thing in the Kundalini yoga practice. What, what, what's the relationship for you with the 40 days? It is just, it is a, it's just a practice, um, around just diving deep, diving deep into a mantra. 40 days seems to be common as well. Um, you know, in um, in bhakti in the world that I've been, you know, learning about and studying. So I, yeah, so 40 days that I've done many 40 days and sometimes it's like, okay, another 40, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had some mantras that have been with me for years that have been a daily practice for years. Um, and, and then, and then there's a point where it's just like, okay, I think it's time now to let this go. And then something else will come in and Mm hmm just whatever energy that I'm needing in my life at the moment to support and to connect with you know for a few years for a few years it was Ganesha in the morning and Lakshmi at night Ganesha in the morning and Lakshmi at night it's like clearing the way welcoming abundance clearing the way. <laughs> yeah. what does that look like when you when you take on a personal practice 
because I'm just thinking the only relationship I've had to this is from the Kundalini yoga perspective. And it was, it was a timed thing. So you would say, do 11 minutes of it or 22 minutes of it or 30 minutes of it or 120 minutes, whatever it would be, but you would time yourself and then it would end. Is, is that what it looks like? Or does it look no, it's a, a little, little bit less structured? Well, no, it's structured, but not by time. Like I would just okay. have like one round of malas, 108 repetitions. And when the mala's done, it's done. So I would okay. yeah, like a mala in the morning and a mala at night. Um, yeah. And it's committing to whatever that is. Cause some people might say, Oh, I don't have the time to do that. I'll do half or a quarter or whatever. Okay. Do 26 or 108 um, times. And so it's saying it. Saying it could be saying it or it could be saying it. Yeah. It could be. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Or it could be silent because it said that like singing it out is the biggest version. And then, you know, speaking it is bringing it closer to the heart. And then just, you know, when you're really connected with it, you can just say it internally mm-hmm. just silently. And that's like the closest experience of connection with, mm-hmm. with them. Right? Yeah. It reminds me when I was having some internal struggles with the, the tenets of Sikhism as they were sort of laid out, um, that that was also the idea was that you would always be chanting the name in in your head and there was such a vehement um uh, belief that you should be covering your head when you chant and the two things seemed to be a little bit dissonant for me because if you were constantly chanting it but you couldn't constantly be covering your head i mean you would be showering sometimes or you would be sleeping in bed um what about you know it was like what about those times anyway um why is that why is that the covering recommended? I honestly at this point I believe that it's just a it's a uh, a cultural norm. It's not written anywhere <laughs> that other than in the I guess in the um the like baptism ceremony, but that's a very that's a separate choice from being a Sikh. Not all Sikhs are decide to like commit fully to all of the rules um yeah i feel like it's just a cultural thing honestly but you know i i get it when you're entering a a temple it the idea is that it sort of um unifies everybody makes everybody equal okay i guess um i i've also heard that um it gives you a sense of identity as a sikh you know if you wear a turban specifically not just covering your head or that like I don't know, our, our practice also got into like more mystical stuff that I'm not sure that Sikhs believe um, that had to do with like not letting the sunlight affect your pituitary gland or, or your pineal gland. Um, a lot of, yeah, okay. a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, really interesting. Um, yeah. It, oh, so I was going to ask you though, how, how do you view the the chanting of deities in terms of like religion, Hinduism, like what's that relationship for you? Yeah, it's a good question. Like for, for me, um, I mean, the way that I've learned about and come into um, mantra practice was learning that the mantras are are way older, (laughs) are way older than than any organized religion right so if you think of the Gayatri mantra it was it was around long before hinduism and buddhism and jainism which are typically the ones that use the similar similar mantras right Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I feel like, you know, sometimes I do have to question that, right? As a white woman practicing bhakti yoga, right? Is it is it okay? And you know, and I had to come to terms with it. Well, yeah, it's it is because it's it is honestly my spiritual practice. It is this is is really dear to my heart, and I I think part of it is coming with the intention of honoring, the intention of being fully um, committed to the practice, but also that it is really truly in alignment with who I am. It's authentic for me to to chant and to mm -hmm. connect with the divine in this way. And I, you know, have been connected to um, the goddess for many years. I grew up Catholic and in university, I started taking a lot of women's studies courses and goddess courses and world religion courses and all that. I was always interested in this stuff. And, and that showed me a different way. Um, and then I think what appealed to me once I started, you know, really diving into the bhakti world and the and the mantra practices were was this idea that it's a direct connection to the divine. We don't need an intercessor. We are we can through these mantras connect directly to the divine, and that just appealed to me so much. To the to the you know younger version of me that was told that we need a priest to we need a priest you don't have any connection with god you have a connection mm -hmm. with the priest has a connection with the, with god right and so this appealed to me in a way and that you know that these mantras were meant to be shared for everybody regardless of what past you know you might have been um, born into but that they were meant for everyone to have the same opportunity to, to connect with the divine so it kind of levels the playing field right and so i think for me those um, aspects are really appealing and um, and certainly for me I felt that with the goddess particularly like God is a woman God is, is she it's mama you know it it is masculine and feminine um, but for me it's mama and it's she's always there she's always connected with me and um, and I feel chanting the mantras to different deities to different goddesses is my way of connecting and honoring her hmm. and so um so I, I love i love it i love learning about the different like not only the hindu deities but like i like reading about um different goddesses from all all, all over the world and the rising of you know the feminine now it's like this is it this is us stepping as women as, as anyone who with our own feminine natures, but stepping into um, the power of the divine feminine, the power mm. of of that um, aspect that's within any of us. Mm. Yeah. So, and I asked this out of complete curiosity because I realized I went to Bhakti Fest for so many years and didn't really get to know kind of people's perspective on on the chanting of, of mantras from the Bhakti, from the Hindu. Well, I guess you were saying they predate Hinduism, but from that tradition, when you when you chant to Ganesha or to Lakshmi, is this like a sort of like a physical entity that you conceptualize as like a a being? Is it like an idea? Is it a what 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 is that for you? For me, I think it's different for everybody. But for me, um, I have a yeah a tangible experience of of them like for me like if i'm i know i can feel the energy of the being i can feel like if i'm when i'm opening kirtan i'm chanting to ganesha i can 
feel the lightheartedness. I can feel the energy of Ganesha. And sometimes I can actually feel him dancing around the room. Like I can feel that connection. Um, and certainly for me, like with the goddesses, like I, if I, if I meditate to them and, and open myself to hearing their messages and their wisdom, I mean, that's where these songs have come from is, is, is in that way, hearing their voice through my, through my mind, through my mm -hmm. being, like I can hear, I know it's not me that's saying that, but I can hear, um, boy, I would have been burned a long time ago if I had said this out loud or just, <laughs> or, or locked up, but, um, but yeah, hearing, hearing that divine voice or wisdom or guidance, you know, actually is tangible for me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Would you say that it's similar to like an angel or a spirit guide? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. Yeah, because it is this force that is, you know, 100%, you know, unconditionally loving and, and in service of us, right? There's no, so I think angels would be the same or a spirit guy would be the same. Like they're there to be in service of us. And I feel like that with the gods and goddesses and Hinduism that, you know, are part of bhakti yoga for sure. Yeah. Do you ever in your teaching of people or um, in your chanting uh, locally, do you ever get confronted with like are not confronted that's the wrong word but do you ever have the the experience of somebody expressing that they have completely different like worldview but that they really connected with the chanting yes all the time yeah 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 because it really is i think it's really i think it's an accessible way for people to connect with their own hearts and, and singing community does that anyway right mm. And regardless of whether, like, I know there's people that will come that are practicing Christians that will come and they will chant mantras to Ganesha or to Lakshmi or, you know, Saraswati, but it, it's, it's not that one excludes the other. Like there's room, if you're open to it, there's room for all of it. Like, however we connect with the divine is how, is, is a good thing, whether mm. it's mantra or whether it's through, you know, going to mass on Sunday or through ritual or whatever it is. I mean, that's, this is all about. The connection with divine like and how how we do it is is different for each of us right it's so sweet as you were talking these birds came through which is quite unusual because i was because you were like could you can you hear the background noise i'm like no zoom cuts all that out <laughs> it was i wonder if that's going to make the recording I, I bet it does that's really cool um it was almost like the the spirit <laughs> the spirit singing yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. It's been such a pleasure getting to know um, how you, you know, how your mind works and how you approach songwriting and mantra singing and all that. Um, do you want to share with people how they can get in touch with you, stay abreast of what you are up to? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. First of all, for having me, this has been fun. I've really enjoyed talking with you. I, did, I forgot we were interviewing. I just kind of was like, Oh yeah, we're just perfect. Having <laughs> <laughs> um, so the easiest way for people to find me is at rachelmcgarry.ca and you can sign up for my newsletter if you want to know what's happening. And I send out some beautiful, um, inspiring stuff every week and um, find me on socials at Rachel McGarry music. 
Okay. And all that will be, um, gosh, word, all that will be uh, in the show notes, clickable, that's the word I'm looking for, um, so that you can find out what uh, Rachel is doing. I highly encourage you to listen to her newest single, Path to Freedom. And uh, by the time you hear this, maybe hear her entire album, who knows? Um, So yeah, thank you so much, Rachel. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, y'all. Please like, subscribe, rate, comment, whatever the platform you listen to podcasts on offers you as a way to let its algorithm know that you're enjoying these episodes. That really helps. Also, there's some links in the podcast description notes that allow you to support the podcast in a way that benefits you and us. So please check those out. And if you'd like to stay in touch with me, you can sign up for my mailing list at portersinger.com. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.